Welcome to the sermon podcast for First Christian Church of Warsaw, Indiana. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Please visit us at FCCWarsaw.com to learn more about our church or to make plans to be with us on a Sunday morning. Again, that's FCCWarsaw.com. Well, good evening, everybody. Merry Christmas to all of you. Why don't you just sort of turn your head around and just say Merry Christmas to somebody around you here this evening. Of course, in a safe, socially distanced way. Merry Christmas. We are, we are so thrilled to be able to worship together this evening. Uh, as a lot of you know, it's been a, been a long journey this year for all of our churches here in this community, as well as our state and around the country. God has been so good to us since we started having uh, worship services in person here back in June. We're so thankful that we haven't had to close once. Uh, We've been worshiping safely, and I am so thankful to that. I'm thankful to all of you who've been a part of this, too. In many ways, it's been a really, really good year, in spite of it being a pretty difficult year. But I think it would be just very appropriate to give God a big thank you for what we've been able to do here this year and tonight. Well, I, I want to share just a few Christmas greetings to you from God's Word this evening, specifically as we talk about this name of Jesus, Prince of Peace. And I'm going to be leading right up to communion. So if you did not yet get one of these little communion kits like this on your way in, they are at the pub tables at the entrances. So feel free anytime right now or, or coming up just to go grab one of those. I'll lead right into communion in just a bit. And if you're watching online this evening and you want to participate in communion with us as well, go right ahead and, and get something ready so you can join with us here in just a moment. Well, within the, the past few years here, two new movies have been made that continue the saga of the boxing legend Rocky Balboa. The movies are Creed and Creed II, and they introduce us to a new character, Adonis Creed, who's the son of the former heavyweight champion Apollo Creed. Well, in Rocky IV, some of you may remember, Apollo Creed was killed by the nasty Russian boxer Ivan Drago. Well, now the sons of these two fighters, they face each other in a heavyweight title grudge match. So it's Adonis Creed, as you can see up here on the screen, the son of Apollo Creed, versus the Russian Victor Drago, the son of the cold-blooded Ivan Drago. And this all goes down in the movie Creed 2. Well, in the big fight, Creed is completely overmatched by Drago. I mean, he gets absolutely pommeled. He gets hurt so badly he has to go into the hospital even at the end of the match with severe injuries. And if it weren't for a disqualifying punch that was thrown after the bell was rung, Drago would have won the fight with a knockout. So the humiliated Adonis Creed is still heavyweight champion of the world, but pretty much in name only. And to show that he deserves to still be called champion, he's going to have to fight Drago again. And understandably, since he got beat up so badly in the first fight, this upcoming rematch puts Adonis Creed in a place of fear, a place of self-doubt. He's scared of what it would mean to enter the boxing ring with that guy again, possibly even meaning death like his father. But he's a fighter, and fighters by nature fight. You know, it's fair to say that that those who fight a lot, be it in a boxing ring or just in everyday life, those who fight a lot often live with no peace whatsoever. It cannot be easy to live with constant strife. 
When you fight a lot, you live with anxiety over the next inevitable conflict. Well, in the Bible, the Old Testament prophet Isaiah, he foretells the birth of Jesus, and in doing so, he predicts a time when things are going to be different. The anxiety and the strife, he says, one day they're going to come to an end. And he confidently proclaims this. And I want to read to you again what Maya read here just a moment ago. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called, read these names here with me. He'll be called what? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And here, I'll I'll read the seventh verse. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Now, interestingly, Isaiah speaks these words into a period of pretty intense conflict. If you've been here or watched online any of the past few weeks, we've been talking about the social and political setting that Isaiah spoke these words into. His nation, the nation of Judah, is about to be attacked by the combined forces of two neighboring nations. Tension is very high and hope is very low. Their setting has some similarities in some ways to ours right here today. You know, many people today live with anxiety that stems from potential conflicts. Some people may actually, like those in ancient Judea, fear an attack on our nation, uh, perhaps wondering if some global conflict is one day going to make its way to American soil and come here to our homeland. But more likely, some of us are just simply not at peace with people around us. We live with the daily knowledge that there is unresolved conflict between us and another person. Sadly, it may be a person that lives in the same home as we do. Or it may be somebody we work with or or go to school with, or it might be somebody in our social setting or some place in the community in which we serve. This lack of peace is something that can cause us to have anxiety over the next inevitable conflict. So if peace has been promised, and it's right there in, in God's word in Isaiah, when Jesus would come to earth, he'd be the prince of peace. If peace has been promised, then why does it seem like sometimes it isn't really here? Or why does it seem like this promised peace is not increasing in our own lives? Could it be that maybe what we need is a prince of peace? We need somebody who will administer peace in our lives and free us from the anxiety of strife. Jesus is the most reliable source of freedom from anxiety and over conflict with others and with God. Because he is the Prince of Peace. And as Prince of Peace, his peace is comprehensive. For many people, peace just simply means the absence of war. It would mean, if peace were really here on earth, it would be the elimination of violence. Humans would no longer intentionally harm other human beings. And so, since people don't see that happening globally, they feel like, well, peace isn't here. But yet, the peace that Jesus offers, it's different. It's peace on a grander scale than oftentimes how people picture it. The peace in the name Prince of Peace is the Hebrew word shalom. And shalom just meant well-being in the widest sense imaginable. And yes, that included the absence of war, but it was about contentedness and rest and personal wholeness. And this was the kind of peace that Jesus, the promised baby, was going to be bringing. 
He would be the prince of shalom. He would be the prince of this overall well-being and sense of contentment. And Jesus, Jesus modeled this kind of wholeness every day of his life. But although, friends, his peace is comprehensive, I think we also need to know and admit here this evening that his peace is not complete. And before you take me to task on saying something that sounds kind of wrong there, think this through with me. His peace is comprehensive, but it truly isn't complete yet because only some people are currently experiencing it. Only some people right now are experiencing this overall wellness and sense of rest and contentedness that Jesus, the Prince of Peace, Shalom, said that he would bring. On the night that Jesus was born, and we we heard this story that was read so eloquently to us here just a a few moments ago this evening. On the night that Jesus was born, there were shepherds out watching their flocks on the hillside very near that little town of Bethlehem. And an angel appeared to the shepherds announcing the birth of a Savior, and they said, you'll find him wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And then Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14 says this, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. So the angels promised peace on earth, but if you look closely at their promise, they actually didn't promise it to everybody. It was a promised peace to those on whom God's favor rests. That would be the ones to whom this promised peace would come. Peace on earth to those on whom God's favor rests. The goal of Jesus' trip to earth was not to end global conflict by becoming a peaceful earthly king that would sit on an earthly throne. His primary mission as a prince of peace was to bring peace between sinful humanity and a holy God by dying in our place. So God's favor now rests on those who've accepted what Jesus has done for them by dying on the cross for their sins and rising again to give them eternal life. And by receiving this forgiveness from him, they now are the redeemed, those on whom God's favor rests. They're the ones who've been granted new life in Jesus, and they're the ones who truly experience this peace, this shalom, this overall comprehensive state of of well-being and rest and peace that's promised through Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Those are the ones who experience this peace right now. Peace on earth is here, my friends, but only some have found it. Now, let me, let me speak some real stuff here into you this evening. Most of us know intuitively whether or not we're living with this peace from God through Jesus. We just know it. There are, there are evidences that show up in our lives that tell us whether or not we're at peace with God. Some might describe it, if you're not at peace with God, you just just feel out of sync with God. Maybe not in touch with him. Maybe you don't feel like you're best buds with him or best friends with him. Maybe you wonder at times, does he really care about me? All of those things would be evidence that maybe a person is not yet fully at peace with God. Perhaps the evidence shows up if you're uncertain about what your purpose is here on earth. That would be a sign, maybe I haven't really found my peace yet with God through Jesus Christ. Maybe at times you find yourself fighting against what you know his desire is for your life, and that would be evidence that you're not fully at peace with him. Or maybe sometimes you feel like all the bad things that are happening in your life are just this colossal fight against God, and he's not on your side. You know, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to put this in words that maybe 
some of us here tonight might be feeling. And if those things ever run through your head, those might be signs that, hey, I'm not fully at peace with God. Let me be even a little bit more real here. It could be that some of us right now, this evening, are experiencing some of the effects of not being fully at peace with God by being inside a church building for a church service on Christmas Eve. It could be that you're uncomfortable sitting here right now because maybe a family member drug you here or you just came to be kind to a friend, right? And maybe the, if you're feeling any sense of uncomfortability right now here in this moment, friend, again, just trying to be real about this, that, that could be a sign that maybe you're not fully at peace with God. But I do want you to know, my friend, if that's the case and that's how you feel right now, we are so glad you're here. And what you also need to know is that God most of all is happy that you're here tonight. He's thrilled that you're here. But if you feel a sense of uncomfortability, let's just call it what it is. You, you may not fully yet feel like you're at peace with God. The Bible in the, the New Testament portion in Colossians chapter 1 verse 21 speaks of what it's like before we enter into this peace-filled relationship with God through Jesus. And it says, once you were alienated from God and you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, because of sin, because of our imperfections, our shortcomings, our wrongdoings, we've all done those things. Again, we intuitively all know that those things have happened. And because of that, we intuitively know and we feel that we're at odds with God, at odds with his holiness, at odds with his unblemished perfection. So even though not everybody is currently experiencing the comprehensive peace of Jesus, the good news is, though, I can be sure that his peace is available to everyone instantly. Even right here this evening at First Christian Church in Warsaw, Indiana, on Christmas Eve 2020, you and I can be sure that his comprehensive peace, the Prince of Peace Shalom, is available to every one of us instantly. Jesus talked one time about why there was still conflict here on earth, even though he was the Prince of Peace and had arrived on the scene. In the Gospel of John, in the New Testament portion of the Bible, in chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus says these words. He says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Jesus says, in me you may have peace, but in this world, you will have trouble. But Jesus says, I, the Prince of Peace, am here to administer perfect, comprehensive peace to you, more comprehensively than maybe what you would have imagined. And that's why Jesus is the most reliable source for freedom from anxiety over strife and conflict, because he alone provides this perfect peace to anyone who desires it. So question for you here tonight. Have you found your peace in him? As you sit here this evening, as you're getting ready to celebrate Christmas tomorrow, what do you say? In your heart of hearts, are you at peace with God? What do you think? Jesus says it can happen instantly here this evening. You can be at peace and you can begin living with this comprehensive sense of shalom, prince of peace, kind of peace in your life. And you can know that you have it beyond the shadow of any doubt. You actually were put here on earth to experience it. You were put here to live it out so that other people around you would experience that in you as well. Because a person at peace with God doesn't wage war with others. 
And that's how the peace starts becoming more complete here on earth. Before you leave tonight, that peace can be a reality in your life. May I tell you one more story here before we take communion? I'm guessing a lot of you are probably familiar with the rock group, The Beatles. Uh, even if you're younger and like, weren't around when their music was popular, maybe you've even heard of the, one of the leaders of the group, John Lennon. John Lennon was not a big fan of the Christian faith. In fact, he was really, really skeptical about the church as a whole and really skeptical about individual congregations. And quite honestly, he, he was not very fond of followers of Jesus. But he was a guy that longed for peace. And through his life and through his music, he was fond of saying, let's just give peace a chance. In late 1969, when the United States was deeply entrenched in the Vietnam War, John Lennon and his wife, Yoko Ono, rented out billboards in 11 major cities around the globe, cities like New York and Tokyo and Rome and London. And these billboards read this. I'll show you a picture of one up here on the screen. They simply said, war is over if you want it. Happy Christmas from John and Yoko. Well, a couple years later, after they had this billboard renting spree, a couple years later in 1971, John Lennon used the words of those billboards and he recorded the song, Happy Christmas, War is Over, with the familiar opening words, and so this is Christmas, and what have you done? Another year over, and a new one just begun. And children in the background from the Harlem Community Choir repeat again and again, war is over if you want it, war is over now. War is over if you want it, war is over now. The song was essentially a protest about the Vietnam War, but it's become a bit of a Christian Christmas standard, and New artists almost every year come out with new recordings of it. War is over if you want it. It's a great sentiment, and it makes sense as far as our interpersonal relationships are concerned. Peace is a choice that we make, of course. But in a global sense, in a global sense, can any one of us here tonight make war come to an end in any distant place on the planet just because we want it to? What do you think? Anybody? Nope. That's just well-wishing, isn't it? It's just a hope. Yeah, I'd really like it if there'd never be a war again. Great. Great, Matthew. <laughs> a lot of other people would love that too. That has never stopped it from happening. So it's a nice thought. War is over if you want it. And until each person here on earth makes their peace with God and receives peace in their heart from God, there isn't going to be global peace. But I do want you to know that John Lennon got one thing right. When those words are applied to the most significant aspect of peace on earth, that is between any individual here and our holy God, he's absolutely right. War is over if you want it. Right now. Because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross and because of his defeat over Satan by dying and rising again, absolutely war is over if you want it. Your struggle with God, it doesn't have to be there. You can live at total peace with him. The gift is everlasting peace, freedom from your sins, that war against God's holiness, that can be over right now if you want it. And it happens instantly when you receive God's gift of his son, Jesus, the Prince of Peace. So I, I ask you again, do, do you know him today? 
if you want to, it, it begins kind of like this. By saying, Jesus, I need you to be the Prince of Peace in my life. I believe in you. I put my trust in you. I am a sinner, and I'm asking you to forgive me of those sins. And I invite you to live in me and to lead my life. Those are the beginning steps of walking into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And there are a ton of us here in this room tonight that have experienced that and the change that's made in us. And that's why when we can sing those songs that we sang earlier tonight, we sing them with joy and with a smile on our face. And some of us with our hands raised in the air because Jesus, the Prince of Peace, has come into our lives and he's made us new. Amen, anybody tonight? He's made us new. And we want you to experience that too. If there's still even any doubt in your mind that maybe that peace isn't there, we want you to experience that too. And it can start tonight. It's because of what Jesus has done for us. Friends, we're going to celebrate what Jesus has done for us. So baby Jesus came to earth, took on human flesh. He grew up to be a man that never sinned and he went to the cross to be the perfect sacrifice for our sins. He died and he rose again. On the night before he died, he said these words as he gathered his friends around a table where they were sharing a Passover meal. He took bread, so let's open our our little flap on our bread cup. Matthew chapter 26 says that he took bread and he gave it to his disciples and he said, take and eat, this is my body. So remember what Jesus has done for us by eating this together. Go ahead and peel back the, the flap on the juice on the other side. Then Jesus took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Let's drink this together. Uh, May I lead us in prayer here? We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your grand journey from heaven here to earth that took you all the way to the cross, to a tomb, back to life and back to heaven again where you are in this moment. You are awesome in your might and in your splendor, and we sure do love you. Thank you for being the one who has brought peace to earth. Thank you for providing it in no way that anyone else ever has. We thank you that we can experience it here this evening, and we thank you for those that are here tonight that are are hoping to experience it and interested in experiencing that as well. God, give them your grace and give them your peace through Jesus. Thanks for this awesome time of year where we can just specifically celebrate the wonder, Jesus, of you coming here to earth, taking on human flesh, even in embryonic form and developing in the womb of Mary and and being born just like all the rest of us and experiencing all the things we do, walking this earth, knowing what it's like and giving your life for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And we pray this in your name. And everybody says, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from First Christian Church of Warsaw, Indiana. We invite you to join us for worship on an upcoming Sunday morning. Check out our website at fccwarsaw.com for more details and information. Again, that's fccwarsaw.com.